You're listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday life. Today's theme is reflection. I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, been a year. <laughs> to say the least. We just watched, um, uh, was it Netflix? Yeah. A documentary on mock mockumentary yeah. not to be confused with an actual documentary um called like death to 2020 yeah so it was close enough to a real documentary scarily it was very you're like watching it and you're like wow this you like forgot about all the things that happened a lot this year. of shit yeah and i was like wait like i told jeff last night i was like wait Love. that pissed me off yeah wait that pissed me off too <laughs> so it's like midnight we're ready to like <laughs> take to the streets not yeah, literally so i'm glad 2020 is ending i mean there was a lot of good things that happened. So, you know, today's a great day to reflect. Yeah. You know, and even though this year was trash. We got PlayStation 5. Right. <laughs> Not us, a- personally. It was hard as shit to find, but, you know, the world got it. <laughs> and you'll get it soon enough, hopefully, yeah. once it's all back in stock after the holidays. <laughs> once everybody gets all their stuff that was shipped in November. Yeah, I know. We're still waiting on Christmas presents. <laughs> we haven't gotten yet in the mail. So... Well. <laughs> Uh, just real quick, I want to give a shout out to, um, the podcast movies that raised us. Uh, yeah, yeah that was a good, uh, Christmas episode they did with Elf. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth uh, a look. We almost did Elf too last week, but we were like, uh, let's do, you know, let's do like obscure ones. <laughs> I think we might've went too obscure. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but we really enjoyed your show and we're looking forward to some more episodes. Yeah. So check them out if you dig what we're doing and also if you like what we're doing go ahead and give us a five-star review on apple podcast and don't forget to listen to our previous episodes on spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, apple podcast and um simplecast <laughs> i almost forgot our host <laughs> <laughs> and also you can follow us on social media if you're looking on instagram or twitter we are parallel fiction you're looking on facebook we're parallel fiction podcast and then if you want to email us the old-fashioned way we are parallel fiction pod pod at gmail.com yep waiting on that old-fashioned <laughs> still haven't got one <laughs> could use an old-fashioned drink now yeah that's for later for sure oh yeah <laughs> Just um numb the 2020 yeah, so pain do you want to do any kind of fun countdown things like the one year we we did the um, Evanescence countdown for the ball drop. Yeah, that so, was like, fun. It hit 2018, I think, right as they go like, wake me up. Oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah, I know. We got to post a video of that. I mean, nothing can honestly beat that, but maybe we could try. Yeah, I know. I saw one that's like, if you queue up uh, Avengers Endgame, like it'll snap right as like 2021. Oh. So we might try that. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see how ambitious we get. That's very true. Uh, so speaking of superheroes. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm doing Wonder Woman 1984 this week. So if you have not yet watched it on HBO Max and you are intending to watch that, uh, major spoilers ahead. So maybe save this episode. Yeah, go watch that and then come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be covering the novel uh, version of High Fidelity, which Ooh. was uh, one of my favorite books as a little kid. I went and revisited it. And yeah, with older eyes, it's much different. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. That's how I felt with Harry Potter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's go through our tried and true rocks, paper, scissors and find out who's going first, don't you say? All right. Ready? Let's go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
Ah, win. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> the double scissor got her. Um, oh, and also colorful language ahead for those of you that have not listened to our episodes before. <laughs> yes. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, so I guess I'm going first. <laughs> Jeff just was like, okay, and we'll be back with Wonder Woman. I was like, wait, hold on. Well, I'm the winner, so I know. Yeah, I the know. winner decides. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Okay. So let's get into Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. It's a good year. It's the year my parents got married. Oh, wow. Really? Shout out to Donna and Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So this movie was directed by Patty Jenkins. It stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal. Um, So it's a really great cast. Yeah. Everybody's pretty cool for us. Pedro Pascal is like hot as ever now with the Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. I think he has a very promising future at this point. I would say. It's definitely cemented. Yeah. So this movie is currently available on HBO Max. It was just released last week. Um, oh, also important to note, the music's by Hans Zimmer, my boy. So yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know that either. I saw it at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, funny enough, <laughs> he said that he was retiring from yeah. doing any um, superhero music yeah. prior to this. And then they, I guess, like, sweet talked him back into nice. it. Just when he thought he was out, yeah. <laughs> pulled him back in. <laughs> He's great. He was the composer for, I mean, a lot of movies. But oh, yeah. Most notably, Lion King, um, The Dark Knight are, like, two of my favorite, like, movie soundtracks yeah those are definitely scores iconic, rather yeah yeah those are he's up there with john williams for sure oh yeah um oh another fun fact uh linda carter makes yeah. an appearance in this oh really a little cameo i must yeah. have missed it she makes a cameo as um asteria the legendary amazon warrior oh yeah oh that makes so much sense it was, i thought that was really cool yeah, yeah. And another fun cameo is gal gadot's family yeah. And Patty Jenkins, the director's son, also have a cameo at the end of the film. Oh, okay. There's like a snow scene at the end and they throw a snowball at Diana. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. I remember that now. So cute. Yeah. Linda Carter's awesome. She does a cameo in Fallout 4 also. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like a side character. Yeah. I think her husband works for the company that makes it or something. She's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like I said before, I just want to reiterate there are spoilers ahead. I'm going not hiding anything so please don't be mad if you listen and you don't want to know things i can't i can't help you <laughs> i'm warning you now so the movie starts with a flashback to diana prince aka wonder woman and this is her childhood on themiscira which is like a you know legendary land and it's just that's all a, these that's a hard word i'm proud of you you got it i know oh god so good <laughs> Um, so we see it's like all these Amazon women and they're badass. They're awesome. And there's this athletic competition that's going on. So young Diana, uh, played by Lilia Spell, who, by the way, performed all of her own physical stunt work herself oh, really? at 12 years old. Oh, wow. Because yeah, she, she did a better job than all of her other stunt doubles. So they were like, just really? do it then, I guess. Yeah. I'm hurting myself getting out of the couch right now. Seriously. <laughs> She's like, like riding horses and mountains, like yeah. swinging and jumping. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, she's in this competition and she's clearly the youngest. Everybody's like adults and she's the only child. So she's winning. She's doing awesome. And then all of a sudden she falls off her horse and she's like, OK, well, I still want to be in this. So she takes a shortcut, jumps back on her horse and jumps back into the competition. And right before she wins, her aunt grabs her and then like lectures her with the memorable line. Uh, no true hero was born from lies. <laughs> it's true. So now we flash forward to present day 1984, 66 years after the first film takes place. Uh, just as a reminder, this Wonder Woman is kind of a sequel. Um, yeah, it's it, the it, second it. in the series, but 
I guess Patty Jenkins didn't want to make it like a direct sequel. Yeah. It's kind of like its own standalone. Yeah, it's like a much different tone. Like you could watch them out of order. Absolutely. Yeah. So Diana is working as a senior anthropologist at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. She specifically specializes in ancient Mediterranean civilization. And she also secretly fights crime as Wonder Woman because, duh. (laughs) Um, At her job at the Smithsonian, she meets a new employee named Barbara, who's like this insecure woman that you could tell like immediately envies and idolizes Diana. Previously seen in the movie, we see Wonder Woman foiling foiling an attempted robbery and the FBI now has Barbara, this new employee, identify like a cache of stolen stuff from the robbery. And both Barbara and Diana notice that one object later revealed to be the Dreamstone, has like a Latin inscription on it. So Diana, like unwillingly, unknowingly uses the stone. Like she doesn't know she's just holding it. She's like, oh, it grants wishes. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And she wishes that her her previous lover from the first film, Steve, uh, was alive. This is Chris Pine's character. The World War I pilot. Yes. His soul then returns and it inhabits another man's body. (laughs) So like some body snatching going (laughs) up in here. Uh, a little bit later, we see Diana saves Barbara from an assault in the park. She kind of like gets jumped and Diana like saves her and is like, oh, yeah, karate. <laughs> <laughs> Casual. <laughs> so after that encounter, Barbara wishes upon the stone to become like Diana. And she ends up kind of a- attaining Diana's superpowers and like godhood. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, wouldn't she be confused? Like, uh, <laughs> right? like how did this happen? <laughs> then uh, we have this failing businessman named Maxwell slash Max Lord Lorenzo visiting the Smithsonian and he's like, oh, I'm a wealthy donor. Ha yeah. ha ha. <laughs> but he like really wants the Dreamstone because he needs to save his failing oil company. So, <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So he like eyes up and he sees like the Dreamstone so he knows it's there. Yeah. Uh, they're now at a gala at the Smithsonian and Max like seduces Barbara and she's like taken by his charm and leads him to his office. And then he like steals the dreamstone. Yay. So he wishes <laughs> <Real> to become. <laughs> right. It was like a little too easy. I was like, um, I guess it's the 80s. We don't have yeah. all this like secure, but yeah. okay. <laughs> so he wishes to become the embodiment of the stone and gains his power to grant wishes while also having the ability to take whatever he desires from others. So it's like the nightman from Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I just have that in my head, so that's good. <sighs> there is someone with cat eyes. <laughs> okay. Gotta pay the toll troll. <laughs> so anyway, we have uh, Steve and Diana now steal a plane, and that was pretty easy, too. And she's like, ooh, I forgot to tell you about Radar. And he's like, oh, no. And then they become invisible, so... <laughs> anyway, which is like obviously an homage to her invisible jet. Yeah, it's like a magic trick in this, right? Yeah. yeah. She like uses her powers and turns it invisible. It was really cool. Also, somehow they take this plane from Washington, D.C. all the way to Egypt. But that's yeah. a whole nother story. So <laughs> I don't think they refu- refuel. It's just like magic. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. <laughs> and I think that's one of the big plot holes in this movie. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, right. Like you'd be surprised if they even had like batteries and stuff in these old decommissioned planes. But. I- you know what? Well, Movie magic. Yeah, I didn't break it for me. I didn't even think about it until you just said it. So. Yeah. Well, that's some of what I've been seeing online is yeah. like critiques. Yeah. Meanwhile, Max has become super powerful and influential, and he's just kind of leaving chaos and destruction in his wake. And it like kind of leads this 
crazy worldwide instability. (laughs) (laughs) It's not at all that crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So Barbara, Diana, and Steve later discovered that the Dreamstone was created by Dolos, the god of lies, treachery, deception, and mischief. Wow. The stone grants the user their wish, but it comes with a price. So the only way to reverse this exchange is by renouncing the wish or destroying the stone itself. Steve realizes his existence comes at the cost of Diana's power, while Barbara's newfound life has like drained her humanity, and both women are, at this point, unwilling to renounce their wishes. Max learns from the U.S. president that the nation's satellite system can broadcast signals globally, so that's not good. <laughs> and he, he uses it to grant wishes to the entire world, and he kind of regains his now deteriorating health. Diana and Steve confront him, but Barbara has now joined with Max and stops Diana from confronting him. Steve convinces a tearful Diana that she has to renounce her wish and let him go, which ends up restoring her strength. And she also has the ability to fly now. Yay. (laughs) She returns home, dons the armor of the legendary Amazon warrior, Asteria, like I mentioned before. Yeah. She then battles Barbara, who has like... (laughs) Turned into a cat lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's mutated into like this cheetah creature i mean i know she's supposed to be cheetah from the comics yeah (laughs) i don't know how i feel about the makeup yet i'm still thinking about it i guess (laughs) anyway (laughs) obviously they have this huge fight and diana kind of gives her a choice like renounce your wish or like i'll electrocute you (laughs) yeah so it doesn't end well for barbara obviously so after defeating Barbara, Diana confronts Max at the TV station and uses her lasso of truth to communicate with the world through him, convincing everyone to renounce their wishes. She also like shows Max all these visions, and it's like first of his like own unhappy childhood, and then it's of his son Alistair. And also, I don't know how this happened. Alistair's just like wandering the streets. We're yeah. like, how'd you get here? <laughs> and he's like crying for his father, just and like the world's like ending. Yeah. He's just like in the middle of the streets, is like everything's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, seeing his son, uh, tearful Max renounces his wish and rushes to go find Alistair. Reunited, Max promises that he's going to be a better father. So he's not like the father in The Mandalorian, yeah. by the way. But maybe he will be. So. <laughs> the movie wraps up and we see Diana meets the man whose body that, like, Steve snatched. <laughs> she, she violated. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, so she meets this man and... Continues to watch over the world. And then meanwhile, Asteria is also revealed to be secretly living among the humans, much like what? Diana. What? I missed that entirely. Yeah. <laughs> was that in the end credits or? Yeah, it was post credits, actually. Huh. I, I didn't realize it. And then I like went back and I looked for it. Weird. Saving it for the <laughs> element of surprise. I've been like so hyper trained to watch all the post credits to everything now. And I don't know why. We <laughs> <laughs> must have. I don't know. I think it was late. We yeah, were tired. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that is Wonder Woman 1984. Very cool. All um, right. Are we ready for some high fidelity? Yeah, let's take another quickie and I'll come back and we'll do high fidelity. Yeah. All right. And we're back. Yeah. I'm going to be covering uh, high fidelity, like I said, which was... One of my favorite books when I was like a teenager and <laughs> didn't have any real relationships to speak of. <laughs> <laughs> was this one of those books before the movie, right? Uh, no. So I saw um, Say Anything on TV and I was like, oh, this is a pretty fun movie. Let me go see what like other movies this dude John Cusack's in. 
And so I went to the store, I guess, whatever, at FYE. I didn't even know if they exist anymore. Aww. But I picked up that uh, Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity, which are like the three trifecta of like John Cusack <laughs> movies. And uh, I really liked this movie. And I went and bought the book afterwards and I read the book. And there's a lot more in the book, but I feel like the movie is pretty faithful. Um, okay. The biggest... Wait, so the book was written first. Is yeah. Yeah. The book okay. was written, uh, yeah. published in 1995. The movie's in 2000. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's dive into it. <laughs> um, so the protagonist is Rob Fleming, who owns a record store called Championship Vinyl in London, which is different from the movie and the television show. That's one small difference. Um, his girlfriend, Laura, just recently dumped him at the start of the book. She's like getting all her shit and getting out. And in typical dude fashion, Rob's like, yeah, get out, get all your shit. Like, you didn't even hurt my feelings anyway. But uh, Rob finds out that she's been having an affair with one of their neighbor dudes, Ian. And, oh, yay. Yeah. So Rob's pretty bummed out about all this, obviously, but can't admit it to himself. So he's just trying to go to work and live his life. And um, he ends up going over his top five worst breakups. Like, he's really into music. Obviously, he owns the record store. So a lot of things in his life are mixtapes or top ten, top five, whatever. He likes to kind of list stuff with his two co-workers barry and dick and as a subplot uh barry's like a singer and he wants to like start a band and nobody believes him so that's like in the background kind of <laughs> <laughs> so the novel opens up like i said with rob making a list of the most significant breakups of his life he and laura have been living together for two years and he makes a list to prove to everyone that laura wasn't the worst breakup he ever experienced but mostly it's for himself Obviously, this is not true, or otherwise he wouldn't put this much effort into <laughs> like erasing her from his mind. Um, but he doesn't have anything better to do, so he kind of just lives out the past five relationships of his mind, and uh, Rob's better equipped for a stable relationship with Laura after all of this goes through. So that's kind of the whole arc of the book, but we'll go into his five breakups, <laughs> which right. is the meat of it. The first one is a girl named Allison Ashworth, who's his first on his list. Uh, the relationship only lasted three days on the playground, but she was the first person to ever kiss Rob. And then on the third day, she kissed another boy. And that's how the relationship <laughs> ended. The second ex is Penny Hardwick, who um, she like didn't want to have sex with him because they were like teenagers. And Rob was kind of a dick about it. He kept trying to like push the issue and like try to make out with her a little bit further and eventually broke up with her because she didn't want any yeah, of that. rude. And then she went and dated this other guy, Chris Thompson, who was like a sleazeball at their school and like did have sex with him instead. So this is like a huge blow to everybody's confidence, but it kind of left Rob being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, in the context. So the third, um, ex is Rob's, uh, friend's girlfriend, Jackie. So Rob was kind of a dick and moved in on his friend, Phil's girlfriend, Jackie. And they were like the high school perfect couple. Like everybody's like, oh, look, they're the best couple. Like if they could be right, in love, anybody right. can. So he ruins that. <laughs> oh, no. um, after he finally gets her, like she breaks up with this dude, Phil. He decides that like they don't really like each other after all. It was just like the danger that was fun. So she goes back with Phil. And uh, they go back on their merry way. But nobody else like thinks of them as like this esteemed couple now. They're just like, right. it's just funny. Like, look at those idiots. His next girlfriend was uh from college names charlie nicholson uh, he fell in love with her instantly she was attractive talented and well liked they dated for two years and during that time rob never totally believed she liked him 
<laughs> like she he just thought she was like too cool for him kind of and he right. was just tagging along uh he was super duper insecure that she would leave him for somebody else in her class because she was like a design major or something and uh she does <laughs> so <laughs> she eventually leaves him for this dude named marco and it's uh you know it ends up with like being his most horrible breakup he ends up losing all of his uh motivation to do anything and ends up working at a record store that he eventually buys <laughs> so it kind of worked out for him yeah but it's more like his um like misery cave instead like he just got right. stuck there and never ever got out you know and just like moved in after so a while. he's like not happy about it <laughs> yes he just and feels no stagnant. he likes to be there because like the character rob's kind of a like he's charismatic and likable but at the same time he's kind of a douche like people come in and ask him for music and if he doesn't like what they like to like belittle them and like their <laughs> taste and stuff, um, like kick them out kind of, and like everybody who works there is like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great uh customer service. No, no. Well, it depends on where you are. Like some places, you kind of expect like. <laughs> That's true. Um, but anyway, his fifth girlfriend was a girl named Sarah. They met in 1984, the same year as Wonder oh. Woman. And Rob says he was attracted to her because of how like painfully average she was. Because after. The girl Charlie broke up with him. He thought he might be average. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, him and Sarah had also bonded because they'd both been dumped recently and they were just like low self-esteem. So they were both rebounding and ended up dating for two years out of that. <laughs> so that's still just the beginning of him like daydreaming about stuff. And uh, so he reflects on how he meets Laura in present day, I guess, or the most recent past. <laughs> and he tells himself that Laura can't harm him because he's already been hurt by all these other women. He also claims that he's emotionally sturdier than he was in his 20s, but obviously that is also a lie. <laughs> How old is he supposed to be now? I think he's 34 in the book. Oh, he's got to get his shit together. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he's in his mid-30s. He's like pretty aimless. He lacks confidence and he's constantly questioning his self-worth. So not as much of a whiny bitch as Golden Caulfield. <laughs> he's kind of like... My least favorite character in this whole world. <laughs> but Rob's funny, though. That's the, pro yeah. that's the difference. <laughs> I don't think, because I read High Fidelity, and yeah. I don't remember hating him. No, yeah. He's not, like, a hateable guy. He's just an average, insecure person, I guess. Like, we all are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every once in a while. Um, but, yeah, like I said, he uh, spends most of his time working to not deal with the real world with Dick and Barry, his two guys at the store, who just showed up both like one day and didn't stop leaving so he hired them <laughs> like, oh my god like, so just like squatters that's pretty much how i got my job that we met each other at <laughs> i know i was <laughs> thinking like, that too actually i so for I can't some even reason hate keep on it. comparing it in my mind to yeah, your old place of employment <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they just bro down all day and like talk about like the top five songs to listen to on a monday morning like that kind of shit <laughs> Uh, and like I said, they constantly ridicule the customers, especially if they don't know anything about like bands. So it's kind of gatekeeping. Like <laughs> I was going to say, so like if I walked in and I was like, yeah, yeah, I want some Britney Spears, please. I would yeah. honestly be like, it reminded me tortured. of like the, the TikTok I showed you the other day about like the girl who was wearing a Metallica shirt and everybody's like, you yes. don't know what Metallica is. And then she like played like, all the songs. Hold on, I'm on sorry. Guitar. And then was like badass. Yeah, she was a boss. I don't remember her name, but. It was on TikTok. <laughs> she I'm, was cool. I'm hip. <laughs> um, despite Rob's enthusiasm for music, though, he frequently questions the validity of in every action, small or large, which I guess that's kind of why I related to the character. <laughs> like, especially now, I guess that's still universal. Like, 
I don't know. You do one thing and you're like, what ripple effect does it have? Oh, I, I'm a panic <laughs> decision maker. Yeah, exactly. Or you like overthink stuff that already happened. But it's weird. In in my case, it's both. <laughs> like I'll overthink stupid stuff and then underthink important stuff. <laughs> so I, I sleep well, though. So whatever. <laughs> Somehow we make it work. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it works. <laughs> so he can't stop overthinking. Uh, obviously about Laura and that she, you know, her claim that he has commitment issues and all the while she's dating this guy, Ian now too, that is one thing that he can't like get out of his head. So he's obsessed over what they're doing or what they're not doing and what he should be doing while they're doing. Clearly she made more of an impact than he would pick up on. I feel like exactly. Especially cause he hates this dude, Ian, like he just listens to terrible music and there was always like bad cooking smells coming from his apartment and stuff. <laughs> And he's just like the last guy you would want your girlfriend to leave you for. Just, I don't know. He just seems twerpy and like it would deeply offends Rob that Ian's not even like a cool guy in his opinion. Like it's not like <laughs> she, she, uh, oh, what's the word? It's not like Fonzie took your girl. It's like, yeah. So she kind of <laughs> lowered her standards in his opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like. You, you, we've all done it. You look at Facebook when you were single and your ex is dating someone new and you're like, look at this fucking twerp. Oh, all my exes got bad haircuts after they <laughs> dumped me. It was great. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I wish we could share those pictures. but <laughs> <laughs> So it worked out for me. I, yeah. felt, I felt okay. So instead of doing any kind of like healing, <laughs> Rob decides to spend his time at his business, which is kind of failing, and also get a bunch of random hookups. <laughs> Which is like kind of shitty because at the same breath, he's judging Laura for dating this dude and like needs to know if they're having sex at this point. But meanwhile, he's like going out and like living it, I guess. But one of the ladies he meets is an American singer songwriter named Marie LaSalle, who does a cover of Peter Frampton's Baby, I Love Your Way. And that's like a snooty song that he hates, but he <laughs> likes it when she sings it. So he's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so. Um, she's obviously a distraction for Rob and another thing that like, I guess is kind of relatable. And like, I don't know if this makes me crazy to say, but there's a passage where he's like courting her and he's talking about how he's like projecting a different personality in order to like get to know her better. Like he's kind of crafting a person that she would want him to be. Oh, so he's not being true to himself. He like, yeah, exactly. Like he's just saying stuff that he probably wouldn't normally say or like acting in order to get with her (laughs) yeah to make her interested yeah so and obviously it doesn't make him feel any better but he decides that maybe if he goes and revisits the top five breakups it might make him feel better if he sees how they're doing sees their bad haircuts yeah (laughs) and just kind of gets like some closure and maybe it would help him move past it and uh i don't know i guess be emotionally stronger so he goes and finds the five ladies (laughs) So in a short order, the first girlfriend, Allison Ashworth, married the boy, Kevin, who was the second guy to kiss her on the playground. So Rob's super relieved that, you know, it was destiny. It was never meant to be him. <laughs> like, like who gets married to the first holding boy on to that uh, on playground, playground kiss. Yeah. So the second ex, Penny, um, ended up sleeping with that dude, Chris, from school because she felt bad that Rob rejected her and it like screwed her up with intimacy for a long time. Yikes. So he was like, sorry. (laughs) The third girl, Jackie Allen, that he stole from his buddy, Phil, um, she's still together with Phil, 
And they just ended up being like some boring old couple in their 30s who like do nothing and are like miserable. Um, the girl Jackie Nicholson, the cool college girlfriend, left Rob because he was too much of a downer. But it turns out she did the same thing to Marco. And the guy Marco came earlier than Rob to like find out why too. <laughs> like oh, recently. Wow. So she's just like, no. <laughs> but Rob realizes that after all these years, he finally like understands that Charlie's awful and like not cool as he thought. And just one of those people that you listen to talk and you're like, shut up. Just like insufferable. <laughs> but everybody loves them for no reason. Oh God. Um, and then the last girl, Sarah ended up living kind of like a sad, lonely life after she dumped Rob. So in the end, there was no hard feelings and he's kind of grateful that he didn't dump her and not the other way around. Cause she's just living it kind of rough, like alone, yeah. and whatever. So yeah. When um, he gets through with all this stuff, unfortunately, Laura's father, uh, who'd been having some like background health issues in the book, dies and uh, their funeral reunites the two. And um, despite it being like a fucked up time or whatever, she really needs somebody and Rob's there. And uh, having reflected on why his past relationships failed, Rob's ready to like give his all to Laura, especially after all this, because he was really good friends with the dad. Like, they so got he's like ready to commit. Sort of. Oh. <laughs> Those uh, some problems still remain. Rob still seems oblivious to his good qualities, despite Laura's assurances, and despite himself, he still kind of wants other women, <laughs> but like doesn't know why. Um, he does have like a lot of hope, and he tries really hard to make um his new relationship with Laura a success. Uh, so he ends up being interviewed by like this young punk girl or whatever, and he's fallen in love with her. And, you know, despite like not knowing her and she's not interested and he's trying to make her mixtapes and stuff. Oh, my God. Read and, the room, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he does kind of like stop in his tracks and realize, like, what the fuck am I doing still? So he invites Laura to a restaurant and he proposes to her. <laughs> she's like obviously laughing at him and like saying he's not a safe bet. And he explains that um, once they get married or once they're engaged, like he's going to stop thinking about all this stuff. Like, it's just going to be done. Like. I don't think that's how it works, dude. I think he explains it better than I am. Yeah. It's like once you stop shopping, you're like done with it, <laughs> you know? So she's like going to think about it. But uh, she also signed him up to like DJ this club because that's something he used to love to do. And that's where the end of the book is. Um, he's DJing this club and Laura's there and Barry is like got a band now and he's playing a set Yay. during the thing. And so it dawns on Rob as she's like happy on this thing that um, she's the one for him and he's going to make her a mixtape for once. And like, he finally gets how it's done. He says, and so that's the end of the book. You kind of leave on a hopeful note that everything will work out. I think it probably will. What happened to shitty neighbor Ian? Uh, she just like, doesn't work out. She's like, okay, bye. I'm going <laughs> yeah, back to my, it wasn't meant to be a long-term thing. It just gotcha. happened. Yeah. All right. Awesome, so hopefully, babe. yeah, hopefully that will work. This is my first actual novel review. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I didn't know if I formatted that right. It's kind of hard. <laughs> it is kind of hard because it's so much, you know, there's so many pages. It's not like a movie or well, something. Because you like know you the narrator's inner thoughts more so yeah. in a movie, I feel like. Yeah. And I think it's hard to always put that into words. Yeah. I definitely, it's definitely easier doing movies. Yeah. So hopefully that was easy to follow and we'll come back with analysis and iron everything out. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Oh, 
Okay, we're back. Let's do some analysis. Yeah. So our theme was reflection uh, to celebrate New Year's Eve today. So yeah. I know it's already 2021 in some parts of the world. Yeah. Hopefully it's nice. <laughs> Can't wait to be there with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like both of our characters did a lot of self-reflection in their movies. I mean, Rob in High Fidelity for sure. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of it is to like revisit all that old stuff and kind of build yourself back up, especially because he just had like another huge trauma <laughs> to his life. and. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes like tra- uh, like traumatic events like make you reflect. Yeah, absolutely, because you got to learn from your mistakes, you know, you can't keep making them. <laughs> yeah, and you're like even if it's not related to like stuff in your like life, like if somebody passes or something and then you just like start thinking about everything that happened. So I feel like in Rob's case, like he had this like traumatic breakup and he's like, "Oh my god." Yeah. I got to think about how I got here. Yeah. And uh, he finally does come to that realization at uh, Laura's dad's funeral because um, he says that the fear of death keep uh, kept him from committing to anybody. So I think that's where his commitment issues come from. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like Diana reflects on her childhood and it's kind of like helped shape her into who she is now. Like the lessons she learned, like the not cheating thing. <laughs> that's yeah. a big lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she like maybe didn't understand it at the time, yeah. but it became applicable to her current life. And she was like able to truly grasp the lessons she learned as a childhood. I mean, the first lines in the movie literally are some days my childhood feels so far away and others I can almost see it. The magical land of my youth, like a beautiful dream of when the whole world felt like a promise and the lessons that lay ahead yet unseen. Looking back, I wish I'd listen, wish I'd watch more closely and understood. But sometimes you can't see what you're learning until you come out on the other side. Yeah. And I feel like Rob did the same thing, too. Like he didn't know what he was going to learn about revisiting all these relationships, but he had kind of an idea that going through all this would make him like a better person at the end. Yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of sit down on your mistakes um, and like reflect on the lessons you've learned. Even if you like don't necessarily realize it was like a lesson learned at the time, you can look like look back and be like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a different person than I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with Rob, too, he has to realize that the impact of his past five big breakups weren't entirely blameless on him. Like, you got to own up to some things, too, in order to move past. And sometimes you don't realize that unless you reflect on, like. Yeah, absolutely. You have to take responsibility for your actions and be and own up to your mistakes. And I feel like Diana definitely does that. I mean, she cheated in the athletic competition in her childhood. And her, you know, her aunt says that memorable line, uh, no true hero is born from lies. And she was like, I don't think really got that then. Yeah. But upon reflection and Steve kind of helping her being like, listen, like kind of cheating the system here by like having me like alive 66 years later. Yeah. <laughs> 80s was a shock for him. Uh, I think she's like, oh shit, like Steve's like cheating death, like to bring me happiness. Like yeah. that's like, I can't. <laughs> be a true hero if he's cheating death. Yeah. So she realizes like the right thing to do is to like, let him go. Yeah. And move on. Yeah. That was a big choice for her too. I think choices definitely impact like how we reflect on things too. Cause you could reflect on your good choices, but you also have to go back and look at your bad choices too. Like, especially with Rob, he was 
kind of terrible to the majority of his exes, despite being a charismatic and generally likable dude on the outside. Yeah. I mean, choices is such like a big thing. Like it's like the angel and devil on your shoulder kind of thing. Like you got to look at both. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you don't always want to be self-serving. Like sometimes you have to make choices to like for other people. But at the same time, like you, you also need to take care of yourself. So it's making the choice that benefits you in the end, but doesn't necessarily hurt somebody else. It's like Batman says, what you do defines you. Yeah. <laughs> Another great DC superhero. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so there's a fun uh, side story in the beginning of the book where Rob gets a call from a lady who's trying to sell her husband's record collection. And uh, Rob goes there to check it out. And uh, so basically she gives him like this cache of records that are like super rare and like one of a kind, whatever. And she's trying to get rid of him because her husband was like cheating on her with one of their daughter's friends in the Ooh, Bahamas. Or, so she's just trying to like spite sell them for like, I guess, the equivalent of like US 20 bucks. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. But Rob like chooses not to buy them because even though he like realizes it's a shit situation and he's about to make off with like all these amazing records. Like he has principles as like a human being to not. He made a really good choice because he knew (laughs) he like knew by taking them. How upset the owner of the collection would be. I mean, cheating husband. Yeah. Like, fuck that guy. you kind of get what you deserve. (laughs) Exactly. But he like he knew that somebody was going to do it. He just didn't want to be the guy, which I guess. And the the wife is even like, oh, I'll let you buy one of them because you're a man of principle. (laughs) I mean, that's a great yeah it was a um, great scene i like that one <laughs> yeah and it shows he truly can be a good person so. yeah exactly like he does have some moral code even you know yeah he could have been really selfish then but yeah, exactly. he was made a choice a better choice yeah and i think too for diana like she didn't have her powers because of her the wish like keeping steve alive yeah you know body snatching <laughs> so she kind of made the unselfish decision at the end to like yeah give it all back so that she could save the day because otherwise the world was going to end so like where were the other superheroes <laughs> like batman's just letting the world go to shit right now yeah well i guess in oh, this universe you know superman's probably like a teenager i was just gonna say it's 1984 so when yeah. did the justice league get formed in the movies or just I in guess. general <laughs> i don't know probably like the 60s oh really <laughs> I get that. well I maybe know. in like movie universe Oh, uh, 2015. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, know, I'm just pulling that out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say like the early two or like mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess in that case, Justice League wasn't around to help yeah. save the world in the 80s. But the good thing about reflection is that like if you do it right, there's a lot of positive growth. Like we said, you got to look at the good and the bad. Like especially with Rob, he isn't perfect by the end of the story, but he clears up a lot of his commitment issues and starts planning for the future at least. and. uh you know, that shows enough promise to Laura that he's going to be better than he was and maybe they will get married. So at the end of like reflection, you kind of do have like those positive goodies. <laughs> you <laughs> like, grow as a person yeah. by like reflecting and reflecting on your good and bad. Um, You see like what you do good and then things that you might need to change. And both of those helps you grow. You know, it's important to recognize your strengths and it's important to recognize your weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, we see a big difference between young Diana and present day Diana, as we should, because I mean, yes, like as a child years. versus <laughs> like a superhero, like, you know, you're obviously going to have a different mindset. And the events in the first movie obviously shape her to be who she is today, too. Um, and she would never 
cheat or take an easy way out. And like the second she kind of realized that Steve was like cheating death via her wish, she was like, ooh, wait, this isn't a choice I would normally make. Yeah. And you could see she's like grown because otherwise I think young Diana would have been like, well, he makes me happy. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's shaped her into the hero and the person she is today, really. Yeah. If there wasn't like an imminent threat, do you think she would have still given him back? <laughs> I think if he encouraged it. So, I mean, yeah. it's always good to have those people that are like looking out for your best interests for yeah, you to make, that's true. make the right choices, which reminds me in college, my freshman year dorm. Oh my God. And I can't remember her name now, um, but I loved her. She was, you know, you had to like swipe a key yeah, to get like into the, the door dorm. person. Yeah, yeah. She was like our door person. And every Friday night you would like be going out to go to the parties. <laughs> and she like obviously clearly could see you were going to go out. And she always would be like, make good choices. <laughs> I like wish I could remember her name. I think I'm friends with her on Facebook still, but I loved her. Nice. And it's just, it was a good reminder of like when you're going out to yeah. not wander the streets of Philadelphia by yourself. Oops. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not that I did that. <laughs> uh, so back on track. Yeah. Another important part of reflection is taking what you've learned and then setting goals for yourself later to continue. Yeah. Growth. That's like the second half of it. Like once you've reflected, <laughs> take what you have and keep going. Yeah. With plan it. for the future, <laughs> which is similar. Actually, um, I'm doing goal setting with my program at uh, my job with the preschoolers next week. Yeah. And I found this really great um, activity where it's three wishes and no, 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 three stars and a wish. Yeah. So you, you have to name three things you're good at. And then your wish is something you want to do better. Okay. And so taking that into the grown up version, oh, no. you could like think of three things that you're good at and then one thing that you, you want to improve. So a goal to set. I mean, I'm not saying we have to do that right now, but just <laughs> I'm like sweating. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I wasn't prepared. We don't know. Ha- we don't have to do any of that. I mean, probably should have asked what your new resolution is, but you know, I mean, it's always get abs. (laughs) (laughs) 2021's going to be the year. Number one, the year of the abs. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I feel like I have a lot I want to work on right now. So this morning I sat down and I wrote down a goal for each month. So instead of like making one huge goal to work on, I kind of just made little ones. So for the month of January, I want to work on eating better. So I, and I broke it down into weeks. So one week I'm not going to drink any wine. <laughs> <laughs> Another week I'm going to only bring lunch to work. I'm not going to buy anything. That's a good idea. Um, another week I'm going to eat vegetables only like or, you know, no meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it like a vegetarian lifestyle. And then the fourth, I'm going to try to combine all three of those. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. So it's just like, and then I'm hoping that like something will stick. Yeah, exactly. And each month I have focused on something different to improve either body mind or spirit that's all pretty cool might have to copy your work <laughs> <laughs> it's just i feel like everybody makes resolution and then like you forgot about it in january yeah, exactly. but if you focus on like different things throughout the year you can like maybe something that you do will stick yeah so. yeah exactly that's those are all good pretty good goals i think uh i'm gonna try and learn more about the podcasting stuff like maybe i think we're gonna try and get video to go with it too that's something that i really want to like learn and make a start goal. a youtube channel Maybe. Yeah. I think that's in the works. It'd be fun. <laughs> Stay tuned. I have to make sure I look presentable then. Yeah, me too. That's why I kind of get abs. <laughs> you and I both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
But in terms of Wonder Woman, it's not like Diana sitting there like journaling, like, I need to get abs. <laughs> I mean, she probably already has abs. She's Wonder yeah, Woman. Know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not sitting there making goals. But I mean, she didn't fly before this movie. Yeah. So that was a goal that she ends up attaining. She's like, I always wanted to fly. And then she like learns how to fly. And oh, she's, yeah, that's right. She tells Steve. She's lassoing thunder. Yeah. Lightning, I mean. <laughs> that's pretty badass. It was pretty badass. I mean, she is God. So that's true. Makes I sense. guess uh, Rob's only goal in my book is to like go through that rem- like emotional rebirth through revisiting his past relationships. And uh, he does it. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> he has any goals now? Um, well, I guess mar- marrying Laura, I think, and just his goal, his immediate goal is to make the uh, mixtape for her, which I guess will. Yeah, we need some short term goals. Those exactly. are always good. Short well, term, long term. In his world, that's like 10 engagement rings, probably. <laughs> like yeah, it's a very so... meaningful act, especially with like. And she knows that too. The care put so... in. Yeah. So that's you know. important. Exactly. And I think seeing Diana at the end with another showing interest in another man that's not steve yeah like i feel like she clearly cool. was not dating for 66 years yeah. so i mean that's a big step because he's like you gotta let me go but the dude that, that she that saw was like the steve body snatcher <laughs> and she already like got with that dude <laughs> did you imagine you'd be like yeah we oh, had sex and you'll never before. know <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What is she going to be like? So, by the way, we've yeah. done this before, but you were like not in, like, where did he go? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Like, I guess he just did. He just fell like, asleep. Did his soul lay dormant? Like, I guess so. <laughs> so many questions. I feel like that's maybe one of the critiques a lot of people are having about this yeah. movie. <laughs> I personally enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, It's obviously not as good as the first. Rarely are sequels, I feel yeah. like, with the exception of Toy Story. Um, <laughs> Terminator 2. <laughs> you know but i think a lot of yeah i didn't hate it i wasn't like i didn't immediately take to the internet and was like it doesn't I make sense i feel like sometimes i'm gonna say nerd quote unquote yeah. nerd culture is very um male centric <laughs> i guess where i don't know if women are always necessarily welcomed and i'm not saying that like where it's all men yeah. But I think a lot of people are a little misogynistic. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't see people bitching about Jonah Hex, which was a DC movie that flopped <laughs> that nobody liked. Like, they just yeah. let it go. And I mean, <laughs> like, Superman wasn't great. Like <laughs> People, well, people bitched about it, but yeah, not to nearly the extent of, like, Captain Marvel. <laughs> like, I feel like games and movies that are centered around, like, a woman hero get shit on all the time. Yeah. Captain Marvel, Last of Us 2 was like another recent one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the first Wonder Woman was pretty well received. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember anybody saying anything bad about it. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like a weird culture right now, of like nerds. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are excited to see women yeah. taking the lead. And then I think some people are insecure. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> like, like my only critique is actually from Zach Braff's Twitter. <laughs> He's like, why did she turn into a cat? She never asked to be turned into a cat. <laughs> and like, I know the comic books. So yeah, it makes, you know, they had to make her a cheetah at some point. But yeah, like if you went into this cold, not knowing what's going on. You'd be like, what the fuck? That would be my only critique. <laughs> that and like the dude that she violates. <laughs> so I don't know if the writing was like the best writing in this. Yeah. I mean, by no means is it award winning. Um, but the 
actors, the cast was so stacked. I think the acting was pretty good. I mean, the, the cheetah thing did seem kind of come out of nowhere. Like just like, oh, that's cheetah. But if Jeff hadn't told yeah. me about cheetah, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. yeah. She does say something about being an apex predator, though. So I guess. Yeah. But my in my idea, I guess, like I'm thinking of like a tiger or a lion. I don't know. Uh, same family. Yeah. Big cats. Apex. Cheetahs predator. might be like better than those two because they can like climb trees with like 100 pounds of weight. I think. Oh, that's true. Was it cheetahs? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were at the zoo and I saw that. I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's like you can't even hide in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like looking at the cheetah like and he's like staring back at me. And, he's, like, yeah. rawr, rawr, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Yep. He could carry me up a tree. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much everything we wanted to go over. You want to take a quick break and do ratings and recommendations? Yeah, let's do that. All right. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So let's do some ratings and recommendations. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah. So I'm going to give my story a very nice. (laughs) I liked it when I was younger and I still like it. Um, There's some things that Rob does that I think don't age well. But other than that, I think the writing is really good. I think it's very insightful into like the psyche of this person. And I've read the author Nick Hornby's other books, and it is different than how he writes other characters. So it's cool to see that he's not just writing directly himself. Like a lot of writers, like they write a book about a character, but like clearly it's you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot of that's definitely part of him and you could see that. But also it's enough that you feel like you're reading about a character named Rob, not Nick Hornby doing fan service to himself, gotcha. which I like because he does go to like places that are a little dark for like today's standards. Like, especially when he's talking about the ex-girlfriend that he was trying to like get with and she didn't want it. None. <laughs> Shout out to yeah, that's AJ like Styles. Rapey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So like he goes and he even like makes a note that it's like, Oh, you know, it never happened today kind of thing. Right. Or whatever growth yeah exactly <laughs> so with that being said i this is one of the books that like i've read like more than once usually i read a book and i'm like ah done forever <laughs> <laughs> that's that yep <laughs> so this is a book that i did go back and read more than once over the last i don't know 15 years yeah <laughs> and we old. watched the tv show that yeah was, so that's my recommendations that yeah uh so watch the movie um the movie is very close to the book there's a couple scenes that they left out that I wish they didn't like the scene with the um, the record lady, but the, it is a deleted scene. If you have the DVD or YouTube, you can go back and watch the deleted scene of that. The show I would recommend as well. The show's a lot different than the book, uh, obviously, because Rob is a girl in the show and it's just, just a little different. But also like characters are switched around and characters do different things in the book and the movie, but it's still enjoyable. Unfortunately, Hulu canceled it, so there's no season two. <gasps> oh, <laughs> so I re- I feel like I enjoyed it. I'm a little sad. Yeah, I know. I was like, I just found out about that. I was like, oh, you like binge watch that? Yeah, I know. Aww. But uh, yeah, your best bet's the movie, um, and pretty much anything John Cusack does in movie <laughs> form because it's all similar. <laughs> um, How about you? Do you have a masterpiece scene in the MVP? So uh, MVP, I'm gonna go with Rob because he's the main character of the book. To. Yeah, <laughs> and. My masterpiece scene or passage is um, like when Rob is trying to figure out what to do with himself after Laura leaves, he rearranges his record collection, (laughs) but he does it autobiographically, not like alphabetically. So he's trying to like plan out 
what he was listening to when in his life. Oh my God. And I totally get that. Cause on my Spotify, I have a playlist for every season. And I like go in and like what I'm listening to goes in there and what I'm into is in there. And it's fun to like go back and listen to you know, winter 2016 and see what I was listening to. I actually love that you do that. And I like, yeah. I might start doing that too, actually. <laughs> it's fun. Plus like, I know when I get like upset or I have nothing else to do, I like have to organize stuff or like figure shit out that way. It's <laughs> so relatable. Just relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you? So in terms of reading, I think I'm going to go nice. Yeah. Wasn't, I mean, the first Wonder Woman was just so good, and I literally cried yeah. the entire time. This one was a little too long, and I mean, I, I enjoyed the story, but there was definitely things that I was a little confused about, and if, I, if you weren't here, I literally would have been like, what, <laughs> what's happening right yeah. now? Um, but I love Wonder Woman. I think she's an awesome hero, and it's always great seeing her on the screen. Yes. Um, Recommendations, obviously the first Wonder Woman. Uh, Captain Marvel's another great yeah. female superhero movie. Uh, I haven't seen Justice League, so I'm... She's like, doesn't do that much. So, no Justice League. Well, the new one's <laughs> coming out. The well, then there's Snyder hope Snyder Cut, yeah. And there is going to be a third Wonder Woman. It was just announced, so yeah. high hopes for that. Um, and then in terms of masterpiece scene, I just love the beginning scene. Oh, with the I kids. love seeing them on... The, the mascara. Yeah. I did it. You, you I, did it twice. Wow. I did it twice. Give me a gold star. Um, I love the whole like island and the competition is badass. There's some really cool stunts going on in it, which makes applies to my gymnastics parkour side. <laughs> I'm always like, oh shit, I could do that. <laughs> I really can't, but yeah. you know, I like to feel like I can. Um, <laughs> and then my MVP is Obviously, Diana, yeah. Wonder Woman, because she's a badass lady. We love her. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So hopefully you guys uh, do a little reflection in the anticipation of the new year. We know we did. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff planned ahead of us for the show. And uh, we hope you guys stick with us for this next year and many more years. <laughs> yeah. 2020 may have been shitty, but it inspired us to do this podcast. So exactly. some good this came has out been of a bright it. light. Yeah. And so hopefully you guys feel the same. Some of your crap that happened this year. I hope you grew stronger. Exactly. And learned some lessons. And we'd love to meet you guys too. So don't be a stranger on our social media. We're at Parallel Fiction on Instagram and Twitter, at Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook, and at ParallelFictionPod at gmail.com on gmail <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned way yes <laughs> if you like what you heard please go back and give us a five-star review on apple podcasts and have a happy new year <laughs> <laughs>